Hello and welcome to the Saturday Night South Podcast. He's Chris Marler. I am Kyle Guerra. Marler, it's Friday night. We're talking schedule stuff because the schedule just came out. You know, we had to wait all week. We had to build our entire lives around it. Ooh, what are you cracking there? My third classic city logger, tall boy. Oh boy. Did you, ever, did you ever watch the first uh, first year of um, was it Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson where they were they were true detective? Never watched it. Never watched it. Okay, so Matthew McConaughey it plays this, like this cop that got like deep undercover, but also like this is just who he is. Where he was like I think doing drugs and drinking a lot. The, the drugs part's not important because that's not relevant. But the drinking thing, he had to come in and do some interview, and he starts drinking in the middle of this interview, like professional interview. And he's like, this is my off day, so you don't get to tell me I don't get to drink. And that's how I feel right now about Greg Sankey. Like, it's it's Friday night, usually I would not be drinking during a podcast, but my God. <laughs> Before we talk about the actual, like, nitty-gritty of the schedule here, look, I'm happy to be talking about the schedule. Yeah. I, I like that we have games that are being added. I've, I've said, look, I'm going to try and look on the positive side of this. More SEC games being added, a good thing. Yeah. But let's be honest here. This was messed up. This was clearly messed up from the jump, and they couldn't figure out the right way to do it. No. And uh, by announcing it at 4 o'clock Eastern time on a Friday, that, oh, in two hours we're going to review no, no, the no. schedule. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. No, but, but at 3 o'clock, we, are we here at like 1 or 2 or something like that? Our I think boy I looked Hester. at my phone to text you, and I was like, what's the plan? And I'll, you know what, peel behind the onion for you. I <laughs> lost it because I, I read your text, and I was like, oh, we're recording at 3 all of a sudden, and all it says is, announcing at three hester said yeah, like they're yeah. announcing three and i read it totally wrong and i was like this sucks i'm not even home right now i don't want to do this i was so mad and then of course they don't have the schedule by three and then it's like you said they announced it's going to be it so the good news we're recording this roughly 75 minutes after the schedule well actually probably like an hour after the schedule came yeah. out because it's 7 17 on friday night and of course there are the conspiracy theories. Oh, oh my goodness. Ultimately, what happened with the SEC is exactly what the Big Ten did in every single way. I say that because the SEC waited a month to copy the Big Ten with a 10-game conference-only schedule. Yep. That's what ultimately happened. And then the SEC did exactly what the Big Ten did, which was protect its contenders. Now, the Big Ten, what did the Big Ten do, you ask? Well, it made sure in its added games that it did not give Ohio State or Penn State a game against either Wisconsin, Iowa, or Minnesota. All three of those teams won double-digit games last year. The SEC essentially did the same sort of thing, and it avoided stepping on landmines because it didn't have to. And the name of the game, and I know this is going to be tough to hear, and I know there are Arkansas fans and Mizzou fans who are very frustrated right now, and I'm going to get to that. I promise I'm going to get to that. The name of the game is create the best possible path to the playoff. That's the entire reason that the ACC and SEC are still playing an eight-game conference schedule in non-pandemic years and why the Big Ten has been so awful at that and why the Big Ten had a three-year streak without sending its conference champion to the playoff and why the SEC has sent its conference champion to the playoff every single time, six consecutive years. I don't think that's why. This is is all about creating the best possible path to the playoff. It, yeah. it is at the root of everything. But in doing so, in doing all of that, there is an actual reason behind the way that the schedule shook out that it isn't totally lopsided in the way that people perceived it of when you just announced two opponents. Okay, so first off, let me debunk. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be I'm 
I'll just say it. I'm on fire today, okay? Will better get that bleep button going because it's going to be happening a lot. Oh, I'm going to get my notebook out my pencil because I'm going to say a lot of bad words. Uh, let me start by saying I think you're 100% right that this is what the ins that the SEC did. And I said this about, like, about Bobby Burchins. This never made it to air, I guess, because that, that episode what didn't record right or something like that. Let me make sure we're recording now, obviously. <laughs> That's good. Uh, it's good to do yeah. that. But um, but I remember saying this to my Burchins. I was like, I don't think they're going to put Bama and Florida together because they're not going to try to make the path to the playoff even more difficult for their contenders. And I, I fully believe that that, that was going to go into it. And, and I don't think they were going to do something that was just like blindly like, well, you know, let's just take 2021. I heard even today they were going to do 2024. What I'll say is I, I know that you love that stat about the, the Power 5 teams with nine game schedules, all that kind of stuff. Let me just say that it is tough. it would be tougher if the SEC played nine games. What the SEC West plays, the teams that play in the SEC West, sure. is that eight-game schedule is still by far and away more difficult than a nine-game schedule for Ohio State. And I, like, I know that the, the numbers are there to say, like, well, th- like they didn't make the playoff and they had to play this nine-game schedule, and that's all well and good. Ohio State didn't make the playoff because for two years in a row they went to an unranked team and lost by 28 points. That's exactly. why. It has nothing to do with this, like, the, the totality of a nine-game schedule. I, don't, I still love that that like your point about that. But Ohio State runs to that conference every year. And I don't think it's just like, well, if we didn't have to play Iowa, or maybe it is. I don't know. <laughs> it was a death trap for people. Regardless, this stuff that came out today, Sankey, it took forever, and you knew there was going to be bitching about it. I, I heard all week, and I've been hearing this from like like Bama sources mainly, so that, that could have been biased or skewed or whatever, but the holdup was between this Bama and Florida game. And I don't know mm-hmm. how true any of that is. I fully believe it to be, to be honest, because I know the SEC. I believe it too. Yeah, I sure. know how petty the SEC is. It's, it's the pettiest conference with the fans from the universities, the ADs, all that yes. kind of stuff. We heard what, again, we, we've referenced, I think, almost every single episode, what Matt Hayes said about one one uh, president from the SEC saying, you know what, we'll, we won't play nine games just out of spite for the Big Ten or whatever yeah. it is, right? So, well, they really, that did not work out well. That did not. Uh, they didn't have any other <laughs> options, though. Yeah. That was the problem. But so, But the whole thing is, I fully believe that to be the case because I know how petty the SEC is. That being said, I don't think that if, if you're in this camp of Bama and, and LSU or, or whatever, they got the easy route. And let's just say Bama. Let's just start from there because that's what all the pushback sure, is. Sure, Okay? And and I appreciate you allowing me to be up on the soapbox right now because people, <laughs> people and I'll, I'll get into it further, but I'll just start by saying this. If you, if you are trying to be honest with yourself, if you're being honest with yourself as a fan or whatever, and an objective as can be, I said this last year, people didn't like it then. It was right then, and I'm right now when I say it again. People don't want to see Bama play somebody. People want to see Alabama lose. There's a big difference between that, and that's fine. I, would, I hate the Yankees. I always want to see the Yankees lose. I totally get where this comes from. But that being said, stop saying, well, Bama doesn't play anybody. No, it's not that. It's that you don't think, you don't want them to play somebody. You want them to lose. And it's so um, it's so exhausting to hear these things about, well, Bama got, Bama got <laughs> the, the, the breaks from this, of the schedule release, and the SEC is like, you're trying to help them out. And Georgia and Florida fans specifically, I'm talking to you, if you're in this camp of, which I saw, of course, only on social media, People complaining that are Georgia fans and Florida fans that Bama got all the breaks and Bama got the easy way out by not having to play. They only got to play Kentucky and Mizzou. Here's a newsflash for all of you. You're complaining about them playing two teams this year that you play every single year. It doesn't really carry a lot of weight with your argument if you're if you're slandering Bama's schedule for having adding two teams that you get to play every year. 
The conference, the, the schedule is more even than ever. I've been banging yeah. this drum all week. When you play 10 of a possible 13 teams right. in the conference, nobody's going to get lucky and get to the SEC championship. It's way different than if you're only playing eight conference games and if you're only playing yeah. two crossover games and if only one of those games is really up to any sort of change on a yearly basis. And instead, we have three games this year that are kind of different variables than we're used to seeing. And so you look at a team like Bama and you say, oh, well, Bama avoided the Florida game. Wow, Bama got lucky. Bama only had to add Mizzou and Kentucky. You know what, though? Bama still has six games against teams that are voted in the top 30 of the of the coaches' poll. Right. Four of those teams are in the top 13. By the way, seven teams that Bama will face, seven of the ten teams that they're going to face won at least six games last year. And two of the teams that it won't face won three games, Vandy, won four games, South Carolina. So, like, we Say get that caught again. up three <laughs> – the three teams that Alabama will avoid facing this year won't face two of those teams. Didn't even win five games last year, Vandy and South right. Carolina, which yeah. needs to be remembered because everybody's going to get hung up on the fact that, well, SEC didn't put the Bama and Florida game into place. When, in reality, if you if you just take, take I, I, I really, I encourage everyone, take a step back. Take a step back and realize that nobody avoided two contenders. And when we right. say contenders every single time in this episode, you're going to hear it a lot. Yeah. The contenders are Bama, Florida, Georgia, LSU. Sorry. Sorry. Say Auburn just to get the Sorry. Out of the nope. Way. Not, no, not even. I'm not including Auburn in that one. Sorry. When you don't play for a New Year's Six Bowl, a little bit of a different story. Rude. But those four teams are the contenders. And if the SEC said, you know what? Bama already plays Georgia in a crossover this year. Florida and LSU play each other in a crossover every single year. There was only so much that they can do. And if they didn't put that one matchup together, it was going to ignite the masses. And that's exactly what it did. Meanwhile, all right, Arkansas. All right, Mizzou. I understand. Y'all are upset. Oh, yeah. Arkansas adds Georgia and Florida. Mizzou adds LSU and Bama. I mean, those are the two toughest possible matchups they yeah. they could have added and i understand you Which look at nice that on the first your coaches to kind of get their feet wet right like, i and, I, and i'll and I, I still i am still banging the drum that i think eli drinkwitz and sam Pittman, what they've been asked to endure this offseason as new coaches the deck could not be more stacked against them yeah. it is brutal whatever your yeah. expectations are for those two coaches drop them even lower right now Dude, yeah, do Here's like I thing. always say, like like it's life is so much easier when you lower your expectations. <laughs> I find that when I don't have expectations, I'm not as disappointed. There you go. But here's the thing about Arkansas and Mizzou. This is going to be an unpopular opinion right now because right everybody is like, oh, poor Arkansas, yeah. poor Mizzou. I get all that. Y'all face each other every single year. When you haven't been good in the last half decade, and you know what? There are other teams that have crossovers that are really, really tough. Tennessee's got to face Alabama every year. Florida and LSU have to play each other every year. There are other teams who have tougher rotating crossovers as well. Mizzou's rotating crossover was Mississippi State. Arkansas's rotating crossover was Tennessee. You know what? There aren't a whole lot of teams left to add for you. No, there's and when you're not. playing 10 of the 13 teams, yeah, you're going to have to face a really tough schedule. I'm sorry. That sucks. But everybody in the SEC this year has to face a gauntlet. And nobody yeah. is going to win Dude. the SEC by getting lucky. Okay, and again, and this I said this a couple weeks ago, I don't understand why we necessarily went to this, and it's not worth arguing about now, okay? But, like, it, here's the deal, okay? Here's the deal. When you have eight games in a conference schedule that we have vaunted and said repeatedly is, like, that's a gauntlet. Like, we don't need to play a nine-game schedule. The eight-game schedule is tough enough, like, because you're playing an SEC schedule. It cannibalizes all of these, 
you know, buzzwords and things that you've heard for years and years and years the SEC likes to beat their chest about. I still don't understand why we necessarily were like, in, in, in a year of absolute uncertainty, we were like, well, you know what? Let's definitely add, t- like, two more. Let's do ten. Let's do ten. Like, what? Fill her up again. No, Frank the Tank. Why don't you calm down and have a, a wine cooler or something? Like, I don't know why we didn't go nine plus one. Whatever. That doesn't matter. But I... It's already going to be a gauntlet, like you said. When you look at these teams, I, and I thought about this when I was making the meme. For, for I made this GIF for uh, or video meme, whatever. I don't know any words right now. For LSU, when something I found out they the were going to yeah, something on the <laughs> internet, man. When I found out they were going to get Vandy Mizzou, and I was like, okay, so who does that leave? Because I was going to make this this collage. It's like it's a gender reveal. If you haven't seen it, it's it's effing brilliant. I don't care. It's like a gender reveal. It's a gender reveal, and it's like them waiting on it. So I'm like I'm like googling like happy gender reveals, bad gender reveals. So like the oh, bad gender reveal video will come later. But anyway. So I'm watching this, and I'm like, okay, so who who is he? Like, he's like he's going through this like box to figure out before he finds out what it is, and and I'm like, okay, so the teams that they don't have to play Tennessee, Georgia, and South Carolina and Kentucky, because I'm like, well, you wouldn't put Florida in there. They already play Florida. They played yeah. Georgia last year and the year before. And the like, contenders can't face themselves. They can't face themselves. That's another that. thing too. The contenders can't face themselves. So w- when I hear all these things about fans, and I saw. Um, Kyle, what's his name? He does a great job covering Kentucky sports, especially Kentucky. Kyle basketball. Tucker. Kyle Tucker. Kyle Tucker. I feel he, like, yeah. he he said this whole thing about the Friday news up. This just has it benefiting Bama all over. I heard from LSU fans, dudes. I love Chris Gordy, uh, Sean Larkin, Nick Halaby. We joked around like all afternoon about how Bama always gets easy breaks and the stuff with the scheduling. And this is before, of course, they knew LSU got the easiest of all breaks. But here's <laughs> the deal, and and this and I'll say this specifically to Florida fans because I know a lot of Florida fans feel for whatever reason that Bama lucked out from having to play Florida. These are just numbers. From not having to play Florida. Right. These are And these are just, and, and, and I get that if for most fans. I'm speaking to everyone here that is in yeah. this camp. But specifically Florida fans that have this weird, entitled, like arrogant thing to, like, to be like, well, Bama's lucky they didn't play us. Bama in the last 20 years is 9-2 and two against Florida. The only mm-hmm. two losses came to teams with Tim Tebow on them. And the nine wins came by an average of 22 points per game. Yeah. I'm not just picking on Florida. When you look at, and, and this is for LSU and Bama. I did, a, I did something the other day where I broke down all of the, the numbers for SEC versus SEC. What, what every team's record is, I did it for the coaches and I did it for the, the teams themselves. What every team's record versus the conference is for the last five and ten years. The last five years, Connor, this is Bama who's scared to play all these teams. They are 40 and 4. Versus the SEC, forty and four. Okay, they LSU. They're second. They have the second best. They are thirty and eleven. Georgia is right for that. Thirty-one and thirteen. Do those teams really sound like they're scared to play the competition in this conference after no. skull dragging them for five years? No, and it makes no sense to be like to have that as your argument. And I get, I get that there's frustration. I get that there's like, like. Bama, if who do you want to play? The, like the Chiefs and and like <laughs> the '85 Bears. Like fine, I'm sure Saban would figure out a way to get out of that too. Regardless, it just it, it makes me crazy that like this that people have this actual opinion of it because I got news for you guys. Those those three teams, the only three in the SEC that have averaged or have, have won 30 or more in the past five games since SEC, they're not scared of your team. They're yeah. not. Can we talk about A&M for a second? Because yeah, so much was. 
So much was made about AM this offseason and the schedule, and you know how much I hated it. How much yeah. I hated the fact that people like Phil Steele were saying Me. that AM <laughs> is a top five. People are saying AM's a top five team. Look at that schedule. And I said, that's the most ridiculous thing ever. You don't do preseason rankings based on how favorable a schedule looks. That's yeah. dumb. That is so dumb. And of so course, bad. AM, which uh, might I remind you again, led for seven minutes and 42 seconds of a possible 300 minutes of football against teams who finished in the top 15 of the AP poll last year. That I'm is your injuries. That, that, yeah, that is that your is. people don't talk about the injuries. <laughs> <laughs> that is. That definitely is. Okay. A&M going into this, this schedule, this year, with the eight-game conference schedule, their crossovers, and why it was so favorable was South Carolina and Vandy. Who did A&M add? Oh, of course, A&M is going to add good teams because you know what? A&M got lucky before with the eight-game conference schedule, and now A&M's not going to be the team that's like, oh, man, this favorable schedule, first 10 games of the season, this is how you draw it up. A&M added games against Florida and at Tennessee. You know what? A&M should. A&M should have to play pretty much the same sort of slate that everybody else in the conference is yeah. having to play, and that's not the worst thing in the world. No, and, and I, you know, A&M, Auburn, South Carolina, they, they had very tough schedules last year. But, you know, I tell you what, the bearded tomato, Chris Phillips, who, who runs the Spurs Up show, um, great dude, does a really good job with all that stuff, uh, and that fan base especially. But he, he brought the point this week about how South Carolina fans were, were frustrated about the schedule last year. A&M fans and, and Auburn fans especially. I get it because like, that's a tough slate. That's a tough slate. That's a tough slate for anybody. It's a tough slate yep. if you're not already an elite team. And that's what that's probably why teams like A&M went 7-5 and five last year. Like, that is, that is sure. like, you always say, water finds its level. I hate when mm-hmm. you say it when I'm gambling, but when you say it <laughs> about football, it makes sense. So that that whole thing, like, with, with A&M, or, I'm sorry, he brought this up with South Carolina, and he was like, you know, we can only bitch about the schedule for so long because every single year you're in the SEC, you're going to have a gauntlet, like, to yeah. run. Like, it's, it's going to be very tough. And, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't want to say I feel bad for A&M because I don't. I feel bad for Tennessee, and, and we'll get to that in a second. And, and I, like, I feel bad for teams like Arkansas and, and Mizzou to an extent, but, like, where was the ceiling on that season beforehand, if we're being honest with ourselves? Yeah. And, and so, and it's like, I think you've made the best point, which pisses me off because I thought I was, like, full of logic. This thing. <laughs> but, like, this, like, you know, how many, what other teams do they have to choose from? Dude, A&M's, A&M's cross-division rival every year is South Carolina. Yeah. You deserve to, to have tough. to play a tough schedule because you made us believe that was worth a trophy game. Okay? Like, you know what? You did that to yourself. Yeah. Look, look. I, I get it. I mean, Tennessee is a, is a good example of this. Tennessee has a yearly crossover with Alabama. Yeah. Obviously, they weren't going to be at it, like... They, they basically just, the goal was to avoid LSU probably. Yeah, mm-hmm. Tennessee schedule might be a little bit tougher. You got to face Auburn and, and now AM in addition to that. And Florida but, and Georgia. <laughs> that is right. Tough. Yeah. Totally understand that. But like, okay, so the three teams that you're, that, that you're avoiding, if, if you're Tennessee, I mean, that's what, like Ole Miss, Mississippi right. State. And you then, played last year. Right, and then LSU, which, okay, yeah, like everybody avoids the one contender. Right. Like that's that's just that's how I, the schedule is set up, and, and I, I think again this speaks volumes of, of like like what what's already built in our minds of what we think is tough, who who already has a tough schedule, like the Tennessee thing. We I I probably think that they had a tougher schedule than others because their schedule every year is Georgia, Florida, Bama. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Like it's already tough. It's already so. Yeah, it was it was made more difficult, and all, and you know the stuff with Arkansas and and 
and Mizzou, it's like, yeah, we didn't do them any favors, but it's like, what winnable games were like were out there waiting for them that we like deprived them of? You know what I mean? Right, right. I, I think it's, so. I, I agree with what you're saying. I, I just it, it's so amazing. I, listen, I get if you're mad about the schedule, I'm happy for you. Okay, and I say that because you're mad about having to watch football this year. Hopefully, for one. Okay. And, and that, I get it, like, it, it, the, from a competitive standpoint, I want Bama to win every game. And I've said that a thousand times, and I know you guys all feel the same way about your teams, and I love it. Like, I, I love SEC football, and I, I love that passion that you guys have for that. If we're going to get mad at somebody, we should be mad at Greg Sankey. And oh, you want to do your Sankey rant now? Can I? I mean, yeah, we can. I, I had a couple more thoughts. Yeah, keep going, about this. keep going, keep okay. going. Okay, all right. Yeah. We'll, we'll, I, I promise, I, I won't let you. I won't let you go. Sign it's just off stirring in the pot. The it's just, it's just stirring in the pot with the onions. Everyone's getting to know each other in there. Right now. Chili the is chili's always better on day two, day three than it is day one. Always. Cold chili is my favorite for breakfast. Oh, it's delicious, delicious. <laughs> I want to tailgate right now. Um, right. So, if you're trying to, if you're getting caught up in just the two games that were added, don't. Again, take a step back and look at the full 10-game slate. And tell me that the the variance in schedules this year got so much, so much slimmer. Like, if if there was a variance, I'm showing this with my hands. This is terrible podcasting. If this was the toughest schedule last year, South Carolina or A&M, whichever one you Mm -hmm. thought had the toughest schedule, or Auburn, you want to throw that in there. And then this on the bottom was the the easiest schedule last year. I don't know who would necessarily be the example of that. But this... Definitely brought both of those both of those closer, and there's so much less variance, and I like that, and that's good, and I think that's how it should be when you're in the same conference. And I hate that the SEC. One of the downsides of this eight game conference schedule is you can go six seven years without facing somebody that's in your own conference, and that yeah, to me that. is just like a bizarre concept that you know now having essentially four crossover games. That's what we are going to get where you're facing the majority of the other division, and that's that's a really good thing. So yeah. I, I think that the schedule and the way that it sets up, just take a step back, look at look at the bigger overall picture. The totality and of the schedule. I'm going to make a bold prediction here. I'm going to just say it right now. Oh, and something else, real quick, something else that we need to remember too with the schedule and we're, we're getting caught up in matchups and stuff and how does this team match up with this. Mm-hmm. This is all super tentative and we don't know how yeah. these games could potentially be changed. If all of a sudden you have a starting quarterback who tests positive, you have an entire offensive line that's in quarantine, which games are going to be postponed, which games aren't going to be. Understand that this is a week-to-week schedule that is going to have some variance to it. And just because you look at that matchup and you say, ah, man, you know what? George has really, really been tough every single year against Team X. Maybe you catch him in, the, in a different week, or maybe yeah. your your team is is you know is is really struggling with with positive tests and somebody that you you treat like a doormat. You know maybe that's not as easy to match up. Right. So keep that in mind as well with the schedule. Now, what I, I think that if if we want, we can get into the Sankey thing. Because, Let me do it right now because it's a perfect transition for what saying. Here's the yeah. deal, Connor. Connor brings this up from. I haven't had one bleep button yet. We're 23 minutes in. I think you did, didn't you? I don't f- know. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> Get that one. Get that one. Um, no, so, uh, anyway, the whole thing is is this. Like, <laughs> like Sankey, I, I tried to pull back on even that was, like, coming out of my mouth. Yeah, you did. Um, the, uh, the whole thing with Sankey is this. Like, when you brought up, you said, you know, this is all tentative and scheduled to change. It, it could, we don't know the full schedule. And I am so selfishly admittedly selfishly 
pissed at how this whole thing unwrapped, unraveled, like was unveiled, whatever you want to say. Unfurled. That's what I want to say. Unfurled. It makes me, I just, that is weird because of that Eminem song. (laughs) But like the whole thing pisses me off so much because you had, you had, I, I thought again it was coming out on Monday. I thought it was gonna come out last week. Then we think it's gonna come out on Monday. We have something to look forward to over the weekend. So Sunday night, we're getting geared up to get like, you know, like build up this momentum. And this isn't, that's not his fault because it wasn't like he made the announcement. I get right, that. Right. Again, that's why I say the selfish part of it. But then Tuesday comes around, nothing. Wednesday comes around. We hear, we're gonna hear, we're gonna see something then, nothing. We do the podcast Wednesday and we fully think that by three o'clock we're gonna hear this whole thing released. Nothing then. Nothing by 5 p.m. that night. Then we hear, it's gonna come out on Friday. They're gonna they're gonna release it Friday, and then what that is then turned into is well they're not gonna release the full schedule on Friday. That would be crazy, Connor. That would be absolutely effing crazy to be able to have the full plan for the season and the only news and really the only effing thing you've been working on all off season is well not the only thing, but this this <laughs> thing the most important thing you have to be working on recently have it all unveiled. As the Big Ten's already done, as the Pac-12's already done, as the ACC has already done, and added non-conference games. But instead, we just dragged our effing feet and just had a show of a week. What time is it? This just ridiculous week where it's like, all right, it's going to come out Friday. So then we hear it's going to be at 3 o'clock. Nothing. This is Friday. And I understand this is not like, in the grand scheme of things, a huge deal. And and it's definitely more so because it's my job, and this is how I've spent my entire week, (laughs) is not leaving the house and sitting here staring at my computer. Yeah, it's been frustrating. Yeah, and so then then it's Friday. It's like, all right, we're going to announce it. You don't announce it then. And then we we watch Feinbaum, and he doesn't even mention it. He opens up talking about, like, ACC football or something. Clemson Clemson started this out because of COVID and all this other stuff. And I'm like, what in the actual F is happening right now? Then we find out at 4 p.m., the SEC comes riding up on their stupid effing white horse. I've done so good in this rant. <laughs> like, they come up on this stupid-ass white horse and say, like, hey, guess what, guys? Tune in at 6 p.m. tonight. We're going to release the updated schedule on a Friday night at 6 p.m. Toby's you got to be – like, I'm not saying this about Sankey, but just in general, what an whole move to come out and do this this night. Like, I, I, I'm not – I'm sure there was some reasoning behind it. It just blows my mind that this 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 conference that beats our chest and beats their chest about we're the SEC, we're the best in the country. Everything we do is better than the rest, and you have looked like idiots this entire entire ordeal. You've you've been behind the Big Ten. You've been behind everyone but the Big Twelve. Everyone. Mm. You've you've waited. You you still haven't even released the full. The Pac-12 already came out with their schedule. I know, but yeah, but just in terms of like the overall dynamics of the league right now, players protest oh, under sure. the boom. Yeah, but yeah, but I mean, like, and I'm talking strictly from a scheduling standpoint. The Pac-12 okay. is always going to be at the bottom, but strictly from a scheduling standpoint, which makes no sense. You, you've taken this long to, to get the schedule out, then you still don't even have the schedule. You have this Friday news dump, this like whole b- with that. So then you come out and and I, listen, I I think Greg Sankey does a tremendous job running this conference, and I he, I know for a fact. He is smarter than me and knows way more about how to organize things. I can barely organize my thoughts. And marathons. And I'm glad you brought that up, Connor. Mm-hmm. Because seamless transition, I'm not saying I would ever like wish ill will on, on Greg Sankey. But I'm telling you right now, the next marathon he's running, I might be in that marathon. I might be pulling a little, uh, I don't know, Big Daddy, throwing a stick out there for rollerbladers. Ooh. I don't know. Uh, you know what? I'm just That's saying I, I'm not wishing aggressive. any ill will on Greg Sankey at all. What I am saying is the next time you're running a marathon, Greg Sankey, you think about how long it takes you to do that. 
I hope that whoever's running by you is drinking their water, they throw a little bit out, it splashes up on your feet, and your, your socks get wet, and you get a blister in mile nine. That's all I'm saying. And I ran that by Allie if I was allowed to say it before I did it. She said it was fine. <laughs> <laughs> so don't give me that look. <laughs> uh, I think Sankey has been a little bit on his heels. A little bit on his heels. I think if his goal of coming off as the alpha in the room, oh, I, I don't think he's achieved that. And I'll no. be honest, and I think that a lot of this stemmed and a lot of this delay, it seems like, and I don't know this based on any sort of fact, and we've both been trying to trying to talk around you know, with different people that, that we know that are connected to the situation and trying Mickey to find Sherry. out. <laughs> trying to find, oh, not, just, not just Mickey, but shout out Mickey. Yeah, um, trying to find out what's going on. And I think Sankey has been on his heels in part because I think there's been a lot of resistance in the conference. And I say that, look, fan, I don't think fans should necessarily be complaining about the schedule, but I understand why administrators would want yeah. to have some sort of resistance. If I'm, you know, Jim Sterk, the Mizzou AD, sit, coming out and being like, yeah, why Like, why are you going to sit here and add those two games to my schedule? What's that based yeah. on? It's not based on any sort of precedent. Like, what's, right. that's just not based on anything. Who hurt if, you, dude? <laughs> seriously. For the record, I'd just like to say that while we were waiting all week on pins and needles, I, I, I have stared at Twitter more this week than I have oh in God. a long time. In a long time. Not in a healthy way. While this was all happening, I tried to do the Lord's work on Thursday. I really, really did. I sent Dari a text, our good buddy Dari Noka, and I said, I'll give you 50 bucks to go yeah. to the SEC Network Studios in Charlotte as we got to visit last year. Just get up there and just make up a schedule. I, it doesn't have to be right. Just make up a schedule and we will go with it. And he turned mm-hmm. me down. He was watching Hamilton at the time. He hadn't watched it yet on Disney+. Plus. Finally got around to that. But I tried. And today I thought about upping the offer to 100 bucks. Especially yeah, if we weren't going to get, Let's yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, we yeah, that. we could expense that easily <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, right. Um, but this whole thing, this whole thing was a mess. It was, it was a mess, and for a league that prides itself and, as you say, beats its chest on yeah. its superiority, I didn't think that this was necessarily the smartest move. And I thought that, like, in defense of the conspiracy theorists, the way that this was approached all week. And the way that there really wasn't a system that was kind of hatched out, it'd be one thing if you just blew up the schedule like the ACC did and started over and said no divisions or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But the fact that like you waited this long, you were always going to put so much importance on those two games. And maybe that was a little bit of a misstep. And maybe that's more difficult than I think it is because you have to keep some of these intra-conference rivalries and these yearly crossovers intact. I get that. But it's still just the optics of it. We're not good. <laughs> they really were No, it, like... And I tell you what, and you know, everyone here knows, like, we love those dudes at SC Network. And they, and they have opened up so many cool doors for us, like, in our, not just careers, but just, like, with how we work all the time. I, I mean, PB, CD, Dari, all those guys. Um, obviously, and guys like Hester, too. But, you know, we love those guys. What, and so this is not a slight at the SC Network, but, like, I just kind of thought if you were going to be delaying this much, like, if, if you were going to delay this whole thing in the fashion that you did it in and how long it took and that it wouldn't be at Friday at 6 p.m. We still don't know SC the dates Network. yet either. Yeah, so it, like, I, I thought it was, it would have been something like, oh, they must be wanting to premiere this on SEC, or on ESPN or like on a, like a 6 p.m. sports center or something that's going to like grab <laughs> audience and viewers. That, can you imagine if they put this on ESPN, how much hate you would get? <laughs> Oh my gosh! It would have been. I would have, I would have loved Mel that. Hill Sports Center, but yes, I mean, regardless of, I probably should have said that, but um, <laughs> no. But the whole thing, like, it just, it just blows my mind that that like, 
it, it I, I'm happy that it happened, and I'm happy that it's it's finally here and out of the way. And, and I and I know there's a lot of hard work that goes into it. I do. I just like it's it, remember that episode of The Office when <laughs> when Michael's blowing out his birthday candles, and he's like, oh, I thought they were sparkling. I thought I thought he's like, what's that? He's like, that's what I asked for. Like that's that's kind of how I felt, just because it was like it didn't seem like it was. Well, listen, this was what have worth the wait. We had this big unveiling. It was like, hey, by the way. Yeah, Here it yeah, is. that's that's it is your birthday. <laughs> that's like, the frustrating thing, and, yeah. and I think that we were both advocates of we wanted to see a selection show type thing because obviously we didn't get that in March, and that's what we were hoping yeah. to be able to to get uh, a little bit more than like two hours notice, like late on a Friday afternoon. A different story. Again, yeah, I, I'm gonna sound like oh, you're just the Yankee saying this, but to be honest, like kind of thought the Big Ten did this the best way. They being did. Like, hey, they did we're, a much better way. We're gonna announce this. Like they announced on Wednesday morning. In an hour, this is going to be live on Big Ten Network. We'll dominate the news cycle for an entire day. Maybe the SEC is hoping to dominate the news cycle for the weekend. I I don't know. Whatever. No, they messed it up. They messed it up. They messed it up. I think if they could have done this differently, they would have figured this out earlier instead of waiting over a week to be able to decide. But and and again, that's from the pettiness of this conference. And and I and like it is the passion of it and all that kind of stuff and a lot of things that make it a great conference and all that kind of stuff. But the reason it was held up. And we don't know the the true, true reasons of why all that is, right? That's under wraps. But for whatever it is, it was because of the SEC's own shortcomings, whether it be as administrations, as universities, or or as like from from like a what's the best word? Like from a managerial standpoint, I don't know, corporate standpoint, I don't know that it's not corporate, but whatever it would be. It from the top down, it's just the whole thing was, it was I mean it's ridiculous. I got one at least one prediction. The winner of the SEC, the SEC champion this year, will not be undefeated. Yeah, that's a very good prediction. I think that this, I think that's somewhat inevitable in a year I, like this when there's just there's there's just tougher teams to play. That's that's the reality. When you have more yeah. games against Power Five teams, yes, that is that is going to be more difficult. I don't know. It's it's so tough to do over unders even before this mm-hmm. year, and we're gonna have the SDS Crystal Ball series that's gonna come out in a few weeks. We're gonna have Top Twenty Five week that's gonna come out in a few weeks. We have a lot of great content that's planned on SaturdayOnSouth.com, and it's going to be brutal on a variety of reasons because it's not just players opting out and all that stuff. Which, by the way, that's been the story in college football throughout yeah. this week, and it's been. You know, every day that we find out that a new big time player is is opting out, Rondell Moore not from opting the SEC. out. Is, not from the SEC, but there have been opt outs from the SEC. Auburn's had a couple, South Carolina had a couple, yeah. and then I actually talked to the Vandy kicker, who was the first yeah. opt out in the SEC, Oren Milstein, who was pretty much like, yeah, I'm still trying to figure out what exactly my next move is for eligibility and all that. Well, they well they said because they honored his scholarship. Like that, that's that's the yeah. the universal thing for the NCAA. SEC had announced that a couple weeks earlier. But these kids who are opting out also don't even know if they're going to be able to to retain a year of eligibility by doing this either. It's all a mess. Everything yeah, is, a thing mess. is a mess. It's still it's a mess. A mess. Right <laughs> we find out that the SEC has their their protocols put in place for COVID testing and all those things, yeah. and they're going to be testing six days ahead of ahead of games three days ahead of games and they're like hey you know if you can try and get an additional test on game day but that's right. kind of like ball in your court to be able to figure that out but we're encouraging that strongly yeah and it's just a little bit of a reminder of like my goodness gracious this stuff is really going to go down to the wire and 
it's it's been bizarre to watch all as as we've been waiting on this schedule to watch all of those other headlines come about. Yeah. And I come back to this. This year is going to be weirder than any season we have ever known ever. if we have it. That is inevitable. And if yeah, we everybody up- bitching about the schedule. Just I mean, I mean, the, like the chances we even get through this whole thing. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> like it's just crossed, one in a million man. over here, guys. I mean, not one in a million. It's not that but that low. But I mean, yeah, you're right. Like I just, I you know, and I, I did want to say something about the the people opting out because I think it's I think it's something you're gonna see. I think it's something you're gonna see a lot. Um, you're gonna see more of. You're definitely yeah see for, more of. for sure. And it's it's gonna come in waves. It's gonna hit the SEC. And I think. You know, I hate to I hate to sound like this doom and gloom thing at all, but I tell you what's going to end up happening is when you have teams that their season isn't going as they planned, or some a player's season isn't going as planned, whether he's nicked up or hobbled up or by injuries, or the you know this his team is out of the playoff race mid midway through, you're going to have guys that are are high potential draft picks, top top ten picks, first second round guys that are going to sit out. Like it's it's, it's going to happen, and and I think. I hope that everyone respects those decisions because this year has sucked. This year has come with a lot of uncertainty. It's affected everyone in different ways. It has COVID affects everyone in different ways, and it affects a lot of people on a grand scheme of things. And and so I think the biggest thing you have to say from that is, listen, if if a kid has a chance to go make millions of dollars and the the or or go three and two the rest of the way in the SEC in this like weird weird season, I, I yeah, go make millions of dollars, dude. That being said, I'm impressed to see that like like it's like Rondell Moore, Micah Parsons, the kid Bateman, this Rashad receiver, Bateman, receiver he, like that's that is round one talent. Like the kid from Miami, the three kid from of the Miami, five best players in the Big Ten, right yeah, there. Right, yeah. and, and the kid from Miami and and Parsons are legit. Parsons is a top five pick. They're, those two guys, the, I can't remember the D and the the D lineman's name. Oh, Rousseau. Yeah, so th- th- those guys are. From everywhere you look, potential and most likely going to be top ten picks in the NFL draft. Go make your money. I think it's it does say a lot about this conference that you haven't seen stars already deciding to sit out. And I don't think it's because of coaching pressure or anything like that. I think it's because yeah, you get you can go play in the SEC and you can go make a lot of. I mean, you can go make more money for yourself by playing in this gauntlet of a season. And for what it's worth, I do think there are going to be big names in the SEC. Mm-hmm. Who do go? Who do ultimately decide to opt out this year, and they're kind of waiting to, to see this thing out. Yeah. Maybe not necessarily pushed against the same deadlines because they don't necessarily yeah. have the same opening for training camp that some of these other guys have, right. and they have to make these decisions now. So I wouldn't say that that the SEC well, is going to be necessarily immune from that when the Big Ten is like starting camp and getting going early, much much earlier than the SEC. No, no, and I agree with that too. And Parsons, one thing about Parsons that's not mentioned enough is he just had a kid. I mean, like, right, right, you know right. what I mean? Like that, that's like, yeah, go take care of your family as well. That's that's the other biggest part, not just the making millions thing. So, and the, who else um, we want to want to crap on? <laughs> well, one more quick thing on to the the opting out because we haven't really talked about this as much, but I I think that it's worth keeping in mind that this this to me is different than a player opting out of a bowl game. Yeah. I think one game, if you're like a Christian McCaffrey, Leonard Fournette, something like that, you just don't want to play in the Sun Bowl. I think that's a little bit different than opting out for an entire season when all these circumstances surrounding this year are weird. And if yeah. you have a year in which, like, it's it's not like it's just based on your production and it's not necessarily right. you going out there and not performing. Like, you get, you get COVID or something like that, and all of a sudden you're like, you're you're we're still well, in a, in a time and not to like get you know too deep into this or anything like that when. 
we're still trying to figure out like all the effects of this and if there are serious health effects for for players who test positive or if even if there aren't and it dips significantly into your production and you can't necessarily get back to the player that you were because right. people have talked yeah. about people have talked about how difficult it is to be able to get weight back because you lose your sense of you know you lose your sense of taste all those different things there's just a lot of weird moving parts and i think like in general playing college football Seems like a really fun thing to do if, yeah. if that's it, under normal circumstances. Under circumstances like this year, when you have so many restrictions, when traveling on the road is going to be a different sort of headache than it ever has been, mm. it's just a very, very different year. I mean, I understand. I understand why kids would opt out. And I also understand why kids who are just like, you know, Trevor Lawrence just came out and said, I like playing football. Me and Travis yeah. Etienne, we like playing football. We're going to play college football this year. I have no problem with kids doing that. Justin Fields, he wants to win a national oh, championship. Not. He wants yeah. to play college football. That's cool too. Just be understanding and, and know that there are there are a lot of different factors here, and everybody's situation is probably no one's being different. selfish. And if they are, that's also fine. Just treat this like recruits, guys. Don't tweet at them. <laughs> like you don't know their life. I just, I mean, it's going to happen, and it's going to suck it when some players like uh, you know opt out or whatever for the, those reasons you know but it, i think like you said like in the grand scheme of things it, like it doesn't really matter and there's gonna be several different reasons as to why it happens you know what i mean it's not uh, like it whatever whatever anyway the the second 26 games on um, oh I, I could i could sense you getting a little bit fidgety yeah well i mean jalen's off here just taking sacks and, and not throwing the ball well downfield so that's fine um but yeah i mean i think i think that the because the worst thing that could happen from like a from a NFL draft prospect standpoint is the, the, the stuff that happened to Xavier, what's his name, Thomas from from Clemson. From Clemson, yeah. Yeah, and, and I remember I remember watching that kid firsthand in the national championship game, and, and my buddy Bill Mann is sitting there saying like that that kid is going to be a stud, four or five star, that kind of stuff. The worst thing that could happen, like he he caught this right before the season, he's not going to be physically ready to play. Imagine having that happen at the end of the season, you miss the SEC national championship playoff, whatever, and then you can't train for the NFL draft. Like that's just that would be awful as well. So one of the things that I talked um, when I talked to uh, Orrin Milstein, Vandy Vandy kicker. That's right, Vandy kicker. Yeah. Was one of the things that he said, said like really kind of bothered him was he had friends who were athletes at Columbia that tested positive for this, yeah. and even months later he's like, yeah, they would tell me like their lungs still aren't normal. It's just kind of weird, right. and they just don't quite feel like themselves yet. And if you're going to be a professional athlete, and you're in the the small one, you know, small small percentage of people that are able to do that, yeah. you obviously want to feel like you are in your maximum ability because there are so many other ways in which you can go down in football that taking a chance on something like that for every not not saying this is the case for everybody, but some people are going to be like, you know what, that's just not a risk I'm willing to take at this point. Hunter. It's going to happen in the SEC more. As a for- well, yeah, I hate to keep saying that, but as a former Division II athlete, I totally understand exactly what you're saying. I mean, it's I just, it's, I'm kidding. But like, but what I will say is this: the 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 working out thing. And I hate to even bring this person up because I love this dude to death, and he's been awesome. And and this, but like, you know, remember how Cash sounded? Cash Daniel sounded just about like the uncertainty of his opportunity to get to play in the NFL because of whatever reason, and just and like, I just it, there was, excuse me, there there was like, th- there's just this cloud of like out and 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 not regret but kind of like man like if this would have happened differently would i've made an nfl team or if you know if this would have fallen my way would i've gotten an opportunity to make an nfl team and i would just i hated to hear that from him i would hate to hear that from like some kid that's trying to make an nfl roster and you gotta have like you said like your lungs aren't back normal like you gotta have like 
maximum output. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like working out, training, all that kind of stuff, performing at whether it's your pro day, the NFL combine, anything like that. And, and you know, the NFL, they're not going to make excuses for you because, like, oh, well, it's only because he had COVID. We'll still draft in the sixth round. So the window for success for an NFL player is just so small, and you yeah. got to have everything so right to be able to, to capitalize on that window. And that's that's something that I think is going to be on the minds of, of many, many college football players and NFL players as well yeah. this year. By the way, 69 NFL players opted out. I saw that. Shout out to Gary Joe Collins. I love that dude. He's a man. <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. Um, I think right, we've, is that it? I think we've pretty much covered it. I know you want to watch second and 26. I think we're going to watch the rest of Lion don't. King. That's what Ooh, we're going to nice. do. Oh, nice. Like the Friday real night. one, not like the... Yeah, no, like the, okay. the live action remake. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Not as cool. Oh, like the cartoon is the real one? Yeah, duh. I mean, we've seen the play, we've seen the cartoon, we've seen the live action remake in, in Did you see Hamilton? Well. I saw it on Disney Plus, yeah. Did you like it? I can tell you didn't. It was all right. It's just like I didn't take my It's good. It's I didn't good. take my meds that night, took my focus pills, and I just remember sitting there, I was like, How long is this play, babe? Yeah, you it's gotta split it up. Two hours up. and forty minutes? It was crazy. We even um, split up Lion King over the course of three nights. <laughs> three nights. Uh, I think we're gonna go watch uh We've been watching Queer Eye for the Straight Guy, which has been awesome. Um, shout out to, there's several people from Atlanta that I knew on that show. And then uh, Selling Sunset, which is a great show. Oh, there you go. Yeah. There you go. Um, the last thing I want to say before we go, this is like our send off. I, I know we do the Matt Luke voice, all that kind of stuff. Is this is this our send off? I was going to do a couple of housekeeping things, but go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, you do the housekeeping things and I'll do the send off after. I'll do the send off in Matt Luke's <laughs> voice. Go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say, speaking of Matt Luke, somebody who was part of our Just Met More game that we did, we recorded right. a podcast with, we had Jacob Hester join us, we had Eric Ainge join us for the 2007 SEC Championship at Just Met More. Yeah. That's going to be dropping on Sunday. We actually recorded that on Wednesday, so it was a little bit of like a future us situation. We talked about the SEC scheduling. We have some angst about the SEC scheduling. Oh, is something happening right now? Like your, your house is getting... explosion or thunder. That was terrifying. My goodness. We gotta go. We gotta hurry this up. All right. The world is ending in Atlanta. Uh, we'll wrap this up. Uh, we're gonna have a lot more talk about the schedule and all those things. Hopefully, we're gonna hit more on it next week as well when we get the actual schedule coming out. But again, take a step back, look at the yeah. 10 games, don't just look at the two. I, 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 Connor, uh, let, me, let me say something real quick. All right, Luke, come on, Matt Luke. Come on, Matt Luke, head coach. Old Miss football last year, now offensive coordinator. I'm sorry, offensive line coach with football. I, 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 you know me really well. I, I, I would never wish ill will on anybody either, just like Chris said. Um, it's not my best, man, Luke. Wish your sankey. I, I hope you do great in all your marathon suit, but I hope you got a poop mile for it. it just means too much. Bye, y'all. <laughs>